Ladies, I am super excited to introduce you to this very special guest that she doesn't know this, but I have secretly, before I even had this podcast, I knew that I wanted her to be on the show. I've followed her for I don't know how many years now, and I have seen her family and herself go through amazing transitions. Today, I'm really looking forward to you meeting and connecting with Chelsea Skaggs, and she is with, her handle on Instagram is awesome. It is the, and I'll put this in the show notes, the WTF trimester, and WTF is exactly what it means. So Chelsea is a certified professional life coach, intimacy expert, and communication trainer for parents. She helps you go from WTF to I effing got this in your relationship by giving you tools to improve your confidence, your connection, and your communication. Chelsea keeps it real with her relatable and raw voice and honest connection to the feelings we have as mothers. She has been featured in her view from home, motherly, scary mommy, today's parent, psychology today, as well as radio and other podcasts. She also has a, um, an awesome um, Instagram account where she has logged her nomadic travels with her family in an RV. And it is amazing. And you go through it wondering WTF with this as well and how she did it with two littles um, as well as her husband. And um, now she's actually back in her home base of Ohio, but, and you can connect with her on Instagram, on her website. She's got an awesome special happening um, that I am excited to introduce you to. And she, in this episode, is helping me and hopefully you with your relationship with your partner, your spouse. This can kind of bleed into anything, to be honest with you, but I had a lot of, of resentments. Um, that curdled inside of me and boiled and just burnt. <laughs> um, and Chelsea really is someone I wish that I would have met before I even became pregnant, in all honesty. So I hope that you connect with her and ways that you can communicate better. And it's not a weakness to communicate well and talk about your needs and actually lay them out versus the mind reading game, which never works. And, or just being the martyr that I felt I needed to be and keeping them inside and, oh, I'll do it. Or, oh, it's, uh, this is just my role or what I'm supposed to do. No, you have a unique life. Your feelings are unique. Chelsea will help you with her, not only this episode, but with her tools and courses and things that she offers to get you through that. And so you can have a great relationship, not a perfect relationship, but a great one that is productive. And you guys are on the same page for the most part. You're raising a family that's so hard. You maybe have a newborn and you, that is so hard. All of it, every stage, middle school, high school, it's all so hard. And being on the same page and not having that looking at each other when it's quiet and look at each other, not knowing who one another is anymore is what we want to avoid. And to not have anger 
and to not have feelings that are preventing you from getting closer and growing together. So I'm going to shut up. And without further ado, here is our episode with Chelsea Skaggs. And I just hope you enjoy it as much as I enjoyed being with her. Let's be real. We're not being completely honest about motherhood. Sure, we all talk about how we hate the sleepless nights, the breastfeeding, how our partner doesn't help us enough, and the toddler meltdowns. But I want to know what's going on with you. I'm Michelle Mansfield, author and founder of The Honest Mom Project. On this podcast, we're going to talk about the motherhood shit that no one talks about, not even your best friend. Come join special guests, mom friends, and myself as we share our stories with love, honesty, humor, and definitely a few appearances from my potty mouth. Let's validate what we're all going through so we can acknowledge each of our own feelings with confidence. Let's start being honest moms with each other. Welcome to the Honest Mom Podcast. So today we are here talking with Chelsea Skaggs. I am so excited about this episode. Confession, I feel like I already know her because for years <laughs> I have followed her on the gram. I, she has so many amazing reels, videos, um, and posts in general where I just feel like I have had this dance with her for, for years. And Chelsea, I just want to also, before she starts talking, I want to thank her because she wrote a little, a beautiful little blurb um, that I included in my book proposal. And she was so generous with how busy she is with all the things she does to write that. And I will say a lot of publishers commented on her little blurb there um, that she did in my book that <laughs> to be determined when, if this book is even coming out, more to come on that. But anyways, Chelsea, Chelsea, welcome to the Honest Mom podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. I'll let you kind of take the wheel here and say hello to everyone. Oh my gosh. Okay. Thank you, Michelle. I feel <laughs> very similarly, like here we do life together virtually spreading the message, talking about the things and we kind of find each other, right? Because not everyone is talking about all these things. So it's kind of like, hey, can we be the elephant in the room together? So that feels really good. Um, and I can't wait to see what's next. But yeah, I, I think I love how you shared about kind of the evolution of your work and, you know, book proposal, who knows, where's it going? I don't know, because I think that's so relevant. And I think we have to give ourselves freedom to grow and shift and change. And I've definitely done that over the last few years. So I've been a life coach for about five years. And after I had my first son, um, <laughs> well, to be really honest, the first probably year after having him, my coaching was still very like, this is how life is so beautiful and perfect. And then I was like, all right, I'm tired of this here. How do we really get down and dirty about life after baby being both beautiful and messy and complex and unspoken? And even since then, um, in the last year or so, I've really honed in on the relationship aspect after baby because it's what I keep hearing from my clients, from my audiences is this resounding like, okay, the pictures 
are, are great. Like, I'm so glad we have these nice newborn picks, but who's going to talk about the 2 a.m. Who's going to talk about the fact that I don't even know who I am right now, or I don't know who I'm looking at in the mirror. And so that is what I, I love to do is to get into that with new parents. So here we are. Here we are. And you are <laughs> birthing a new baby. Um, you have a new podcast coming. Mm-hmm. Um, I want you to tell our listeners about it because this, I'm excited for this to just be born and listen to your amazing voice. So let, let us know what, what's going on with that. Oh what is gosh. it going to be about? Yeah. Thank you so much. So it is just called better relationship after baby. <laughs> and it. it's, it's now on um, Apple and Spotify and a couple other places, but really the intention here was to give people some very clear ideas of how to have better communication. I'm, I'm obsessed with communication and make meaningful connection in the midst of the chaos. Because what I found was that people either, not everyone, but what I often hear is like, well, either, you know, you're more in love than ever after a baby, or you're going to kill your partner after having a baby, or you just settle for the fact that you don't really like how things are. And I don't think that those are the only options. I think this is such a transformative time. And so we're really, we're talking about that. I give, um, communication tips, ways to connect in the chaos, but then I'm also bringing in experts um, across the field from pelvic floor to sleep and all of these things that impact the relationship after baby. And what I'm super excited for too is I have um, some clients and just other mamas in the community who are anonymously coming on and sharing where they are. And we're going to do some live coaching as well oh. and just dig in and have that fun together. Oh, that's such a great idea. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm so pumped. <laughs> I am so pumped for you. You've done so much. And I will tell you right now, I don't think I've ever <clears throat> said this to you. I was speaking to an, just a woman that wrote into my website and just was talking about like appreciating the honesty in my mm-hmm. podcast. She's coincidentally local. When she started mentioning things in the area, I was like, oh wait, you like live by me. But she, she asked me, um, cause she is, you know, at home with a, um, a three month and then her, a four-year-old. Yeah. So she's just in the thick of kids being at home around her. She's up all night. She's like, I don't have the energy to read or the men- the mental capacity to read. Um, she's like, even an audiobook can be a little bit, you know, much for me right now. Yeah. She's like, so what kind of resources do you recommend or what has helped you, Michelle? And I, I sat there and I, I told her about you because I'm in just some other thing like resources online. I'm like, it's okay to go on, like people bash the social media world. But I sit there and tell women, like, I am so grateful mm-hmm. for the resources that pulled me out of my weeds. It took mm-hmm. five years, but I said it was online stuff that, because I too was up all night, exhausted all day. Mm-hmm. And you know, when you get no sleep, your brain is just not functioning in, in, in oh, any no. capacity. <laughs> you know, I mean, I couldn't no. even add two plus two. So I just want to thank you um, for being one of the few online people that I would watch and listen and read and be like, oh my God, like, it's not just me. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And we need that, right? Because I think 
when I, five years ago, but so much has changed in five years. But in those days, it just seems like everything was always so picture perfect. And there wasn't a lot of honesty I could find on social media until the last couple of years that it's really emerged, you know, to have more authentic and honest and complex looks at things, which I'm thankful that we get to be in this space. But man, it is such a game changer to not feel isolated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And sometimes there's no like automatic solution in the beginning. Like sometimes Mm -hmm. women have come to, I used to be an active health coach and people would come for that instant gratification. Like, how can I fix this? How can I start feeling better? And I've had to really tell people it's, it's a process. It's not a, you know, Monday start Tuesday, everything's all good. (laughs) You know, it's, it's not a pill. It's not a shake you know, and it is something where you're just, I think the first step is just finding women that allow you to acknowledge your feelings. Yeah. I think that's just like that. Okay. First step is done. And I'm comfortable with like, at least acknowledging. Yes. Yeah. When you say that, I remember just moments of finding a safe place or a safe person to express some of the thoughts that I felt were not what I should be thinking. Um, about my relationship, about my husband, about my baby, about motherhood. When I was finally able to get those out of my head for the first time, I really think that's where the healing started for me. Yeah, definitely. So why did you choose this topic today and, and this topic for how you help women? Um, you know, this topic of a baby didn't necessarily complete (laughs) us or make our lives like super amazing. Yeah, well, I think there's a lot of messaging out there that that make us feel like it's going to be our grand life purpose or it's going to um, solve things in our relationship. And I, I remember a family member who was trying to have a baby and someone just saying, it was just like on a Facebook post and someone said something like, oh, this will just complete your life or um, you'll never, you know, you'll love your husband so much more. And I thought, damn it, we are still using this kind of messaging. Like what is going on here? Why are we still saying this? Um, because I hear it, you know, when I was just doing general postpartum after baby work with clients, relationship came up all the time. And I think that it's often overlooked, but the relationship touches everything else. I mean, it touches feeding, whether you're breastfeeding or formula feeding or combo feeding, it touches um, the sleep patterns of the baby. It touches boundaries, working, not working, like everything is touched by the relationship and every other aspect of being a mother, of being a parent is influenced. This influences the relationship. So it's like, I think it's so central. And I think that you know, as women specifically, we are, we go through most of our lives with these different ideas of what's going to make us whole. Maybe it's marriage, maybe it's this job, maybe it's, you know, college or whatever. But I think a lot of women just need the freedom to be whole already and then enjoy and experience the things that come from there. So if we can remind people that they don't need to be completed by some significant life event or that their 
relationship doesn't have to be completed and sealed by a baby or something else, then we get to have, in my opinion, more full humans show up for the next experience. Yeah. Now, Chelsea, tell us about, I love, by the way, like how involved I see your husband on social media. My husband is very anti-social media, (laughs) but I love when I see the two of you together and there's some, definitely some real and raw moments um, that you share together. Tell us your story with, with your husband and um, the challenges that you had and maybe still have today. Yeah. Yeah. We are um, very different people. (laughs) And I think, you know, it's so interesting. We like to reflect on this, like my husband is unlike anyone I had dated before him. Um, and I am not, you know, the picture that he had in his head probably of who his ideal life mate was going to be, but yet we just, you know, we saw something in each other and we saw ourselves come alive together. Um, we had a pretty short meeting to marriage. It was 11 months from the time we met, we started dating, we got engaged and we got married, which I also used to think people were absolutely crazy for doing that. And then here I was, and that was my story too. Um, but you know, even after marriage and moving in together and, you know, we were both working our different jobs. We knew there were some different things about how we processed information, how we communicated, how we looked at our values and our goals. Um, We love the Enneagram. Are you familiar with the Enneagram, Michelle? Yes, but I haven't done it yet. I always say I'm going to. We'll get you there. We'll get you there. So you should send me a, (laughs) if you have a link that you could send me where you can, I I know that like there's some affiliate things and things out there. So send me that because I've always wanted to do it. Yeah. So to cut to the chase there, I am driven by achievement. And he is driven by like being seen as an individual. So I'm like, he'll be like, here's this insight I had about my life. And I'm like, here's how you make it a business and make money with it. And he's like, (laughs) but I just wanted to be seen. And I'm like, but now that you had that insight, let's turn it into something. So that's just kind of a a play that we've, we've learned to work through. Um, But we yeah, we take in information differently. We communicate things differently. And at first it was like, wait, (laughs) this was okay before kids, but now like we have these other humans, like, can we really do this? Was this a good idea? Are we too different? Do we see things, you know, in two different ways? And we decided, no, like we bring out really good parts in each other. It's just work to get there and to understand each other and to get on the same wavelength. And we want to do that. Like we want to offer these different ideas and approaches to our family. But what that means is that we have to get really, really good at communicating, at listening, at having clarity, at having shared goals and values that we're working with, uh, at knowing each other's, you know, love languages and motivations. So we're both psychology majors and we both love geeking out over this stuff. So we almost kind of saw our relationship as this, you know, uh, research project. Like, let's figure out here are these two pieces of the puzzle. How do they best fit together and what needs to happen for them to really grow together? So that was us. We decided, yes, we want to make it work and it's going to take a lot of insight and 
conversation and tools and, you know, self-awareness. And that's what we committed to. And I think we're really good at bringing our own self and other awareness to the table um, and making decisions and, and growing for our family and for each other, but recognizing our differences. And I think the key there was when we stopped trying to change each other or to make you know, the other person easier for our style and our approach. And we just really accepted our differences. We were able to see the strengths in those. What drives you bonkers <laughs> about like things like challenges with raising your kids um, or anything? Is there any, a, a couple things that you're just like, oh my God, that maybe like moms out there can relate to that you've dealt with? Of course not. Our marriage is perfect. Um, <laughs> I'll share mine too. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. So I actually just talked about this in today's podcast episode, since I just dropped my podcast today. Um, I talk things out. I will say a thousand things and figure out which 10 things I need. My husband will think and think and think, and then have a response. And so when it comes to making decisions or figuring something out, that still does honestly drive me bonkers. Like, I'm like, can we just cut to the chase right now? Like, let's just hash it out. Let's just get to it. And that is overwhelming for him. He cannot process and make the decisions he wants to make that way. So when I have to give him space and time to breathe or take a drive or take a walk, um, it literally makes me feel like a crazy person because I struggle to continue on with my life without immediate resolution. I love that. And then I love that you're also aware of his history, his personality, things that are ingrained in him. And you're kind of like, you're not like completely surrendering, but you're meeting in this middle area and just like respecting like what works for him. Cause then in turn, it sounds like it then works for, for you. Oh yeah. Like I know that's when I get the best version of my husband. Um, and I know what it looks like to push him to the point of not getting the best version. So again, yeah, I think when we really start to accept that we don't have to change each other and become the same person, we have to learn how to work with who we are and our partners are, then that gives us a lot more freedom and confidence to, uh, improve the relationship. Yeah. Like one, one thing I'll just mention that for, on my end that I've had to work really freaking hard for, or should I say fucking hard for, sorry, I don't even know why I said freaking, um, is I, before I had baby, I was in corporate America, you know, and you know, whether I was communicating with a banquet server or my assistant or anyone, it was very like, it was fast paced. So it was very, it was a very type A way of communicating. Like I need you to do this, this at this time and blah, blah, blah. And there wasn't warmth. It was just kind of like, it, cause we didn't have a, it, at work. I didn't have that kind of relationship. It was work, you know, and they were like, okay. And you know, and it was just, and I found I carried that into my marriage. So like mm -hmm. whether it was yard work or something in the basement or something with my daughter, it was like, okay, but, 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 and he looked after a while, he's like, don't talk to me like that. And I'm like, what do you mean? And he's like, you just like, you bark orders at me. Mm. And I'm like, oh my gosh. And he, and I had to realize, like, as I looked, he didn't tell me this, but 
based on what I had seen with his mom and just like stories of how, uh, from his brothers and him, mm-hmm. how they were raised, his mom still to this day in, and they're all in their fifties. She still talks to them like, why are you doing this? That, that, nah, 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 nah. Why don't you do that? Like she knows, you know, and he's, I, I'm like, oh my gosh, he dealt with that his whole life and hates yeah. it, hated it. And I'm talking to him in the same like way. Uh-huh. And I don't know how I, you know, I was thankful that he told me because I would have still continued to do that. So like your, your point of communication, it's like, we all live in this world and I hear it from so many people and it's so cliche. It's like, well, he should just know, or she should just know uh-huh. that I need this, or she should just see that I'm struggling, or he should just know that I'm making dinner and I may need help with the baby. Uh-huh. And they sometimes don't. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, um, not to get too, like, out there, but I just remember looking at Mike, my husband, and being like, oh, my God, like, your world is different. Like, the way you see and feel and experience everything is not exactly the same as I do, and maybe people have this revelation earlier, but for me, it was in my 30s where I was like, holy cow, like every single person has a different experience. And so what my partner brings to the table, to the exact same table, to the exact same conversation, to the exact same kids, it is different than the way I see it in my head. So why am I expecting someone with a whole different life experience to just read my mind or know these cues that I have built in or the way that I sigh means, you know, X, Y, and Z. Like I have to stop expecting my partner to read my mind. Yeah. Or the passive aggressive behavior (laughs) or, you know, when I grew up, there was the week or two of not being talked to, or you noticed your parents wouldn't be talking to each other for a week. And you're like, okay, this is getting, like, I look back, I'm like that it got, and no one know. I don't know, but I still find myself very, um, I can communicate. I'm better at it. I will say, but I'm still afraid to communicate Mm -hmm. certain things without sounding like a total bitch. Mm -hmm. And the reason why I say that is I, I, for myself grew up in a home where, you know, you, you weren't like screamed at if you said something, but like you definitely, it was like, if you went against what was told to you in any way, it was disrespect. It was mm-hmm. like, you know, the, you're don't speak unless you're spoken to. If I did bring something up and it still kind of happens to this day, it's like their feelings are hurt and you're attacking mm-hmm. them, even though you're like, I'm telling you this in a very nice way that it bothered right. me. I'm not trying to. And, and so I, I carry this into my marriage, Chelsea, mm-hmm. and I'm mm-hmm. sure other women out there may, you know, may be doing the same. So if you're afraid to say something like, what do you tell a mom who has these fears? Like, I don't want to be a bitch. I don't want to seem like a nag or, you know, whatever fears they have. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So that makes me think of two things. Um, one, I think it's a really important conversation to keep revisiting with your people that there are statements and feelings that are neutral. So I might tell my husband, like, I'm disappointed that this didn't happen. And what I'm not saying is you're a piece of shit. Why did this not happen? Now I hate you. Like what I'm saying is I had this picture in my head and I thought it was going to happen this way, but 
I think we have to let more things be neutral. And this is not something that's natural to most, most of us. So this is an ongoing conversation. You know, I, I would like to express something, but I don't mean for you to take this personally, or I don't, you know, I don't need you to fix this. Um, I think we, we keep in, <laughs> we keep in so much of what we want to express. And then by the time it comes out, it's like a volcano with no regards and no boundaries. So being able to express things in a safe way without, you know, it being a huge deal can be really important for us, but it's also very much a learned skill. And to start that skill, um, what I constantly am coaching moms to do is to do the, do the reflection work first of figuring out your why behind something. So instead of, I'll give this same example, like you didn't get that done and I'm disappointed. Um, I would want, or I would want someone to say, because I was planning on this happening, I'm feeling disappointed that you didn't get this done. Uh, what can we do together to make this happen? Or uh, I, this comes up a lot with like sex and dates and, you know, connection points for couples. So instead of these kids have driven me fucking crazy today, you know, you have been at work all day, take the kids, I need a break. I've been there, I've said that, I feel that. But we could do something like, because I want to have some refreshed energy to connect with you after the kids go to bed, I have to have an hour to go for a walk and get a shower. And therefore, there's not so much pitting against each other and it's more collaborative. And they get a clean woman for yeah, right. the sex, you know, right. my husband so, likes me showered. <laughs> so set everyone up for success by painting the picture of what could be if you get what you're asking for, what you feel like you need. Hmm. Okay. And yeah, it's all, I try to, I teach my daughter this, so I don't know why I don't take it to my own heart, but it's all about the delivery is what it sounds like. You know, the message totally. is there, but how you speak to someone, the delivery, um, and in a way that works for them yeah. as well as you. Yeah. Which I always like to put in this plug, like, do not make any life decisions at 2 a.m. when the baby's been awake and you are, you know, at ends with your partner because there is no good delivery at 2 a.m. No, no, there isn't. You know, there wasn't good delivery when I was in college at 2 a.m. <laughs> at that <laughs> for point. For different reasons. For different but... <laughs> reasons. And I don't think anything good happens at 2 a.m. regardless. No, no, my parents were right. <laughs> Now, now for me, it's like 8.30 bedtime. So nothing good yeah. happens after nine. True. Uh, speaking of sex or sleep, as I'm speaking about like these early bedtimes, one challenge I have, and I know moms out there are like, okay, please say this. Like I, yes, I am up early, but I love my mornings, but I am so exhausted like you mentally and physically. It's like the sex or sleep debate. Like mm -hmm. what is a... I mean, I don't know if there's the right answer for this, like that healthy sex life. I mean, I've been married for almost 15 years. So I, I, I don't want to sit there and be like, well, we've been married for so long. I don't want to go that route of like, you just kind of fizzle uh -huh. in that area. Uh -huh. But I am so 
I have zero desire with anyone. So it's not just my husband. It's not, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's like, I am just exhausted. I just want to go to bed. Like, mm-hmm. what do we do? And date night, like, oh, schedule a date night. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like, I, I don't know. First of all, dating going out is expensive now. I mean, try to get <laughs> like, try to get a burger even. And it's like $30 a person. And so it's like, what do we do to spice things up in a realistic way? Yeah, that's, that is like the age old question, I think. And yeah, I think you hit a nail on the head here that this has to be a conversation for each couple as they look at what works for them. Um, I will say, you know, what works for us is we know that Saturday mornings, we're going to let the kids go straight to cartoons and I'm going to set the cereal and the milk out. And that is our time. We don't have a huge list in front of us on Saturdays. We don't have the stress of the day like we do in the evenings. And if we can get Saturdays and it's good quality, then that is great. If it happens spontaneously throughout the week, some weeks it does, some weeks it doesn't, then that's totally fine too. Uh, I think we have this like idea in our head that we have to have this number checkbox or, you know, we have to keep up with something, but for the most part, when I talk to couples, I don't, I don't think that we are as concerned with um, the frequency or where or when it happens as like, what do we need to connect with each other? And how do we make sure we make space for that? So yeah, date nights are, are tough, but I do want to talk about scheduling for a second, Michelle, specifically thinking about moms with younger babies, like getting back into sex, especially when you have this low libido, maybe you're breastfeeding, maybe your hormones are just evening out. What I find is that for most of these moms, it's like such a task. And you know what? It's still true a couple of years later for a lot of us, but it's such a task to get into the mood, to get into the motion. And Nine times out of 10, it is just nice to fall asleep instead and get the damn sleep. So I like having a intentional time, a a date or a week of the night or something. That way, what I'm not doing is I'm not carrying the pressure all week long of like, uh, is this going to be expected (laughs) of me? Can I ask for a massage tonight? Because my my shoulders are aching without (laughs) having to give something else. So if we know Thursday night, Thursday night's it, like we're putting our phones down. We're not doing a show on Thursday night. Like Thursday night, we are connecting our bodies, our emotions in one way or another. Then what you get to do is listen to the sexy playlist instead of listening to kids bop. What you get to do is (laughs) you know, let the steam from mac and cheese hit you in the face a little bit and get your facial in and (laughs) let yourself have sexy thoughts and send a sexy text. But it's ridiculous to think we're going to do this seven days a week. So give yourself one day, one day that you let your brain get in the mood a little bit more. And then you get to do the work ahead of time of getting in the mood. Cause I think that that's the hardest part right? Is like starting the engine. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I love that. Like I have that internal pressure 
of like, oh, you know, like you said, like the massage or yeah. like sometimes I'll ask, you know, to get a little head massage and I'm sitting there and I'm like, I know where this is going, yeah. you know, and I don't, you know, I'm, I'm glad my husband's still attracted to me because sometimes I'm not attracted to myself, but you know, it's some, you know, and it's no offense to him. I find him like, I love him. I'm very attracted to him. Some days I don't like him. Some days he doesn't like me, yeah. but you know, it's, I don't want him to like, think that it's him and that yeah. I don't love him or I'm not attracted to him. Cause yeah. I know that's, I, at least this is what I predict. That's how he like receives his love or that affection yeah. is that touch and that, that intimacy. And that's like yeah. a source for him. And I don't want to drain that. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, you hit on another important topic is you know that that is a cup filler for your partner. And yeah. if, if we don't know what our cup filler is, then our partner's probably going to try to give it in touch if that's theirs. Mm -hmm. And it's going to drive us mad and it's going to drive us even farther away. So there has to also be some conversations about how you might have different cup fillers or love languages or ways that you feel appreciated by your partner and you commit to speaking each other's language or cup filler instead of trying to force your partner to feel love in the way that you do. Yeah. And speaking of cup fillers, I don't know if you noticed this, um, especially, and we'll talk about your travels and stuff and all the cool mm -hmm. stuff you're doing, but do you notice, and this isn't being judgmental, but it's me just paying attention. How many couples that you see out there, whether it's at a restaurant, a baseball game, um, a park, anything that aren't, you, you feel like they aren't even like acknowledging each other. They're just oh. there. They're not talking. They're on their phones yeah. They're And I'm, and I, not that my husband and I are like, yay and hugging and kissing at the park, but it's like, I'm like, it makes me aware of my marriage. And I'm like, man, like, do we fall into this yeah. ourselves? And like, then, then I see it with their kids. Like no one's talking to each other anymore. Yeah. And, and you're such a communication addict. I love that. Yeah. You love talking about that. Um, what do you think is going on and how is this affecting our relationships with our partners? Yeah, I think it's scary, honestly. Um, and that's, you know, not to say that we have it down perfectly at all, because there are times we have to really check ourselves too. But I think we're looking for so much validation around us externally. I think because the world, the world is a mess. A lot of us have changed and we haven't had space, most of us, to process how much the world has changed us, how much maybe having a baby or marriage or you know, whatever a new season of life has changed us. And so we kind of numb out instead of listening to ourselves internally. I think a lot of us don't even know how to express ourselves, how to make a really deep, authentic connection with our partners or with other people. And it's so much easier. You know, I honestly, I think that our, our, our phones and social media is like an addiction. It's so easy to just get a quick hit externally than it is to do a deep dive. Yeah, I just read a book, um, Kimberly Snyder, and I'll put a link <laughs> in the show notes of this, but um, 
one of the things that I know a lot of my friends and I've, I've myself had to really practice and learn. I read a lot of self-help and like personal development books. I'm a junkie with that. Uh, my listeners know that. Um, but one thing we have a challenge with, I think, and, and let me know if you agree is the, the world of stillness and the topic mm-hmm. of stillness. Like I, my daughter isn't involved in like a lot of activities. She's got a couple things she's interested in, but it's nothing like where we're running and eating in the car and running all over the place mm-hmm. and whatever that just works for us. But I notice like listening to people's lifestyles with multi, I only have one child and like, yeah. you know, multiple kids, multiple sports, multiple activities, people work working full time, weekends being jammed with games and tournaments and travel this and, and gosh, a run to Costco if you can. And I'm, and people don't sit still. And I have a friend that says she does not like sitting still. It gives her anxiety um, Mm -hmm. to sit with her feelings, sit with her emotions, sit with her present self. And I have found myself challenged to do this it's working and I'm loving sitting still and having these moments but it I will tell you it's it's a practice and it's it's almost like doing yoga or anything it's like you gotta really and and like you said about your Saturday mornings a lot of people don't have Saturday mornings like you're talking of and it's such a blessing we have the same to just like sit still and not be running to anything. What do you, do you think that's a part of things as well with relationships? Oh yeah. I mean, I think we, we fill our schedules to keep up. I, you know, I could go on a whole rant about this. I don't think we're meant to see thousands and thousands of people's lives from our palms. I don't think we're meant to see you know, Sally, who's good at this and Jesse, who's good at this and Veronica, who's good at that and compare ourselves and want to keep up with all of these other people. I think that it's almost like a rebellion to slow down and to be really, really present with yourself and with your family. And we're on the same wavelength. We really prioritize having quiet time and having snuggle time and having conversation time. And that's just because that's what we want more, I guess, out of life than a bunch of activities. And I think that, you know, you can be a really active and and have a full schedule um, with your family and still really thrive and do a great job. So I don't want to get that confused. But I think the question is why, like, are we filling our schedules to evade something? Are we filling our schedules to try to keep up with someone? Or are we doing this because these are all really genuine interests that brings our families together and brings, uh, you know, a light out Mm. in us. So it's just always, I guess, a question of evaluating why are we doing it this way? And is this working for us? Or does this make us feel like it looks good to someone who might see it on Instagram? Yeah, true. And I have to remember that, like, just because I feel a certain way doesn't mean my best friend who is at a soccer field all weekend. And I listened to her and she loves it. She loves the moms she talks to, the kids love they they I listen to the, her kids talk about you know soccer and they go on these fun trips to like Disney for a tournament or this fun town and explore together and I'm like okay they're happy yeah. okay so that works for I have to remember that you know yeah. instead of thinking oh, yeah. you know so I guess yeah your point is like you know 
really, really paying attention to our own selves, our own business, what's fueling us, what's depleting us and what we're, why we're doing the things we're doing. Yeah. Yeah. We, I mean, we just had to do a kind of evaluation of that ourselves. So like you said, we, we travel full time in our RV and at first I thought, okay, well, this has to mean every week or every two weeks we're, you know, hitting a new place and we're on the road. And we realized that exhausted us. It didn't, we weren't able to have the kind of routines and rhythms that we need most as a family. Mm. And I realized, you know, this was just really me trying to keep up with the other people I see doing this on Instagram. And I thought this is how we had to do it. And we were like, wait, there's literally, there is no rule book here. So what works for us? And it's okay to be inspired by Mm. something on social media or a story you say, but then to do that recheck, like, okay, we've tried it. Is it working for us? So I'm glad that you said that. And speaking of your RV adventure, which I am loving your nomadic lifestyle. And, and we'll put a link to your um, other Instagram account, traveling through all of your journeys. Um, How has that um, challenged your relationship with your husband? Uh-huh. Well, you know, uh-huh. you are, <laughs> you're in a 31 foot trailer. Uh, there's not a lot of places to get out to. You can't really go, you know, get another room to yourself or anything like that. Um, so we've definitely had to learn, you know, how to respect each other's like, Hey, I need a walk. Like no questions. I need a walk or I need, you know, X, Y, or Z. Um, but I think really, for us, it was just such a big transformation that we have had to get really uh, logistical together. So we're in a small space. Um, we're traveling to new places often. There's a lot of like getting your bearings and figuring out how to operate in a new place. So we are constantly recalibrating. We are constantly checking in on what does and doesn't work. And I don't know that that is sustainable for all of a lifetime, but I've actually really loved how frequently we need to have checkpoints because nothing, I'm telling you, nothing goes into autopilot. Nothing just gets into, this is how we do it. Um, There's just always something to say, okay, we have to tweak here. We have to look at this a little bit differently. So it's really forced us uh, to be very, very clear communicators and to have a lot of touch points and check-ins, which, you know, we, we can see what happens when we don't. And we actually just really enjoyed like having business meetings and being very logistical and strategic. And that's kind of a playful, fun place for us right now. Um, there's always, we're in a bunch of RV groups and people are like, well, how do you ever have sex? And like, you know, literally the same way you have sex anywhere else. You just have to make sure that you secure your doors closed or that the kids, (laughs) you know, have the iPad in the other room. Like, I don't know about y'all, but it's not like our kids just left us alone, no matter how big of a house we're in. You know, I'm in my parents' house right now for a couple of weeks and it's bigger than the home we're about to sell. And yet my kids are still at my feet. Like, uh-huh. I don't care if there's 49,000 rooms. It's not like they just leave you alone. So having three rooms doesn't actually feel that much different. Yeah. I mean, what were our parents doing when we were watching like Pee Wee's Playhouse on Saturday morning? You know? Did you have to say Pee Wee's Playhouse? 
Um, I <laughs> feels like the most appropriate. <laughs> I love that was the one. Bring up when you're. Uh, what were they doing while? You know, they were playing Pee Wee's Playhouse, Michelle. Oh, we don't know. Yeah, we watched Saturday morning cartoons for hours and ate cereal, just like uh-huh. you're talking about. Yeah. And the three of us grew up to be pretty awesome kids. Yeah. And I look back and I loved those Saturday mornings to myself. Right. So, yeah. you know, we yeah. think that we need to be on our kids all the time. And we're so involved with our kids, which that's another thing. You know what I'm noticing, too? as I observe, not judge, but observe. (laughs) And my friend confirmed this because she has older kids. And I always assumed that a lot of divorces happen when the kids go to college and you've got the Uh empty nest situation. And my girlfriend, she told me, she's like, Michelle, it's happening in middle school. When the the kids hit middle school, they start being too cool and independent and you look at your yeah. partner and you're like, who the fuck are you? Yeah. And because you've been so kid, yeah. kid. And Centric. you totally, yeah, exactly. And I'm guilty of, of that completely. I'm raising my hand and yeah. I'm, I'm terrified to like get too involved yeah. to where I lose track of my relationship. Do you find that with people that you like, what, what do you think yeah. about, about that? Yeah, I will say, I mean, that is something that I talk about often is like, we can't really afford to lose each other or to lose our relationship. And, you know, you want to get to that space and celebrate that you have this new time together because you love each other because you want to be with each other. And I think that the fear is that more and more people are going to get to a place where one, they haven't tapped into processing and discovering their own changed identity And if they haven't really focused on keeping their relationship alive, I mean, we love our kids, but becoming completely absorbed in that then leaves a big void in that season. So I think it's imperative that we first get to know ourselves again and then really continue to foster that relationship with our partner so that we're not left looking at each other like strangers um once we're not both keeping our eyes on the kids all the time and you know what's interesting is I always say this about my parents they did they unfortunately they divorced when I was um, a senior in high school for reasons but like throughout most of their relationship um as a family unit they had so much fun together. My parents, Mm. they went to concerts and they had all like friends over for dinner or they went to friends. They would go on trips and grandma and grandpa, you know, we loved when grandma and grandpa came and all these things that they, I remember them always like, they weren't gone all weekend, but they were, we, we loved our babysitter. She, Mm -hmm. we got excited when she came over. We're like, goodbye guys. Yeah. They had a really a really good marriage. My father, unfortunately, um, was an alcoholic. So that kind of is what took over towards the end. But for the most part, even my mom said this the other day, she's like, you know, we had fun. And I'm like, yeah. And you guys were amazing parents too. Like, "Mm, maybe there's something here. Like you didn't, they didn't go to every volleyball game. They didn't go to every single baseball game. They went to most yeah. I remember, I, but I don't remember the ones they weren't at, to be yeah. honest with you. Yeah. And I feel like we have this guilt as parents if we don't 
do all and be all and there yeah. and involved is much that our kid we have there's this guilt or something but I'm like why yeah. don't we have guilt then of neglecting our our partner or spouse then yeah yeah totally and you know you say that and it makes me think about the phrase um it takes a village that is thrown around a lot but I don't think that in our modern day society we've come up with any kind of solution or you know there's a lot of like where's my village or you know people used to have a village and I talk about that a lot but I think that what you hit on was this really important point that some parents then internalize that they have to be the whole village but it sounds like what your parents did and what I I think is the next step or or an opportunity or a bright spot for a lot of us is that we still get to really build in a village for our kids. And that means, you know, my kids get sick of me. My kids need their grandparents. My kids need their babysitters. My kids need, you know, that peppy 21 year old who dreams of having kids who wants to do fun shit with them when I don't want to build Legos. That's the last thing on my mind. My kids need the friends that we have who are in their forties, who don't, who chose not to have kids of their own and get to buy them the things that I'm like, Oh, hell no, I'm not going to buy that. But they do. They're the special people. So I think, you know, we really get to take all of that load off of us and see actually it's really, really good for my kids to see one me leaning into community and Two, them having other people and personalities in their lives. Cause I get sick of me. Like I need a break. I think they probably need a break too. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, one of the things you said on your, uh, it was a recent pro- post on your Instagram page, um, about getting into a rut when it mm-hmm. comes to talking to your partner at the end of the day. And I, f- mm-hmm. I find like the kid conversation mm-hmm. and what's going on with the kids can get a little old. So like, what are some topics that like at the end of the day, we can talk about with our partners without these like, uh-huh. Yeah. How was your day? Great. You know, one word answers that we fall into with our kids too, I guess. Yeah. Um, especially when we're just like mentally exhausted, you know, how do we connect on that conversation oh side of things? You yeah. need to make conversation cards, by the way. Um, I, I feel like, okay. Here's what I was going to plug. We oh. use conversation cards and I'll give you this link too, called Love Lingual. And I'm obsessed. I mean, that's what we use. That's what I give. I send these to my clients because they, they are questions um, that span from like sexual to your childhood, to your dreams, to what, do, you know, things about me. And we just like to pull one of those. Like if we're sitting at the table in the morning or after dinner, sometimes we'll pull one, you know, that's appropriate for the kids to answer too. Um, I just want to normalize that it's totally fair for your brain to struggle to come up with anything outside of like the standard box. So we love love lingual conversation cards. Um, but I think, you know, too, like at the end of the day or when you're reconnecting, it's just like, can I take this question one step deeper? So instead of, you know, how was your day today? It could be, who did you learn something from today? Or were there any of your coworkers that you connected with? Or is there something you would do differently today? Um, or, you know, with the kids, it, it can be about the kids, but maybe it's something, you know, how were you proud of yourself? 
as a mom today? Or was there something that made you all laugh together? So I think, you know, it's just, we don't have to go like all the way deep to the core, but taking it just maybe one step deeper where we've got a little more uh, prompt to have a, just a deeper conversation. Ah, I need these cards. So we'll put, we'll put a link in the show notes. I love them. One of my friends that um, tr- uh, they do a lot of biking trips with their kids and camping, they're very outdoorsy. Mm-hmm. And so she said, I haven't bought them myself, but I, I want to, that REI has a set of, oh. they're called like campfire conversations. Cool. So that it's a kind of, it's the same concept, but she's like, Michelle, there's some really cool like topics. So, it. you know, they'll just pull those out around the campfire with the kids or with her and her husband and you know, she said it's, it's another, you know, it's on my list of things to buy I that I haven't bought. <laughs> yes. So we'll share both of those in the show yeah. notes. Yeah. All right. So on the fun side of thing, I mean, I guess if, if the conversation cards is it, but maybe there's something else, is there something like super um, fun, something that you're loving right now? That's, you know, like a, pro- a beauty product, um, um, anything, any type of like resource or things or food that you're loving. Like, for example, like I, I, you know, like I plugged last week. Um, I love this certain kind of energy drink that doesn't have like stimulants and it has vitamin D and blah, blah, blah. And it actually tastes good. It's like a a Gatorade, a healthy Gatorade. So like that, that's like my thing last week, but what do you have something that you're loving right now? Yeah. So, okay. A couple of months ago, I, I, told my husband, like, seriously, I want to stop drinking coffee. I want to stop having, you know, maybe now and then I'll still pick one up at my favorite cafe, but I'm not pouring three cups throughout the day. Um, and we, he has actually made us, we have our own mix um, of cacao and ashwagandha and L-theanine and uh, cordyceps. Oh my gosh. And there's a oh, lion's mane. So some mushrooms, some cacao, you got to add a little sweetener because they don't all taste really good together in their raw form. Um, but that is what we have switched to, but it is very similar if someone did not want to make their own to mud water that oh, yeah. is on the market. Yeah. So I had some friends tell me about that. Again, we travel like getting regular shipments is not super feasible, but we can keep ingredients on hand and make our own. But to those who don't want to make their own, um, yeah, just making a shift from coffee to something like mud water. And I put in, in our blend, I put like one teaspoon of instant coffee in it. So I still have a little bit of that taste because I love the taste, but I don't love the effects of coffee on me. So I've moved away from that recently. Yeah, I did that myself. Um, I mean, I'm on the decaf route because I still like you. I like, mm. I love the taste. Yes. Um, and it you it is like hard to find some of the mushroom coffees out there sometimes is a little, they're a little funky for me at least. So it's good. Yeah. Mud water. I've heard good things about mud water, but I love that you guys are making your own mixture um, of things and especially the cacao in there. That's Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. And the lion's mane, isn't that for your brain and like a little bit of alert alertness in a friendlier form. Yes. Awesome. So do you have any books or other podcasts, things that like you as a mom um, love and you find is a good resource to help you through 
because you know we, we could sit here and we teach but we're always learning at the same time do you yeah. have any like a resource that you have loved that moms that you could share with moms out yeah. there yeah Okay. Well, you know, we talked about sex and I talk about sex often, so I'm just going to make it sex centric. There is a book that I am working my way through called come as you are. And it's incredible. I mean, it is like the science, the it's very eye opening to how our bodies work. Um, you know, and I think it's very female body centric, but also there's lots of other conversation about male bodies and, um, you know, what that looks like if someone's going through transition or whatever. But I think that specifically females are underserved with understanding their bodies, with understanding pleasure, with understanding, you know, how sex plays into that. And so this book is just a really incredible educational tool. So it's called Come As You Are. And how do you spell come? Uh, yes, you spell C-O-M-E in this one. Oh, okay. I know, but I think it's a play on words, right? Yeah, I'll definitely put a link as that. And I am guilty of this. It's like growing up, you know, my sex ed talk included like a bedside little chat of like fallopian tubes and yeah. like, and you love each other. And when you're married, um, oh I'm trying gosh. to change the narrative with my daughter. Yeah. Um, and some people don't agree with it, but she knows why it tickles when you touch that or yeah. mom, what's this? And yeah. what's this black hair? And I'm like, yes. Oh, you're nine. Okay. Um, and oh, I don't yeah. want her to be afraid. Uh, she knows what a right. period is and she knows she's seen mommy. We talk about a lot of stuff and I'm like, and I wasn't afraid of this stuff, but I don't think my parents had the comfort level to talk mm -hmm. to me the way, you know, and, and, and I'm yeah. not afraid of sex by any means, but I definitely don't understand what yeah. you're probably talking about, like where yeah. I do need to get this book probably. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's super eye opening and just, you know, I think it's really empowering. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, awesome. So if you had a mom sitting in front of you with <laughs> <laughs> eyes wide and being like, you know what? I just had a baby. I just don't feel connected to my husband right now. Is there something wrong? Some days I don't like him. Some days I, I love him. I'm a, you know, all these like emotions, like what are like a couple a few things that you would say to make her just relax a little bit? <laughs> yeah. Well, I think that that is one of the unspoken things that most people go through. So I think I would say, babe, I hear this every day. Like you are definitely not broken. You are definitely not alone. This is not a flaw in you. Like there are so many reasons why your feelings and your experience has changed. And don't, you know, don't try to, to fake it through. Get honest with your partner. Like understand, hey, I'm still choosing you and this feels really different. I am excited to keep growing with you. And right now it's a tough season. And I think the second thing that I, I want for all new mamas is to find your voice to advocate for yourself before you get pushed to the limit that you feel like you're just blowing up and reacting. Um, because resentment comes in so easily and resentment can be such a wedge in your partnership and in your relationship. So become more comfortable saying, this is what I need, or I'm feeling like 
this is not happening or this isn't fair. Can we talk about this? So just strengthening your advocacy voice, it's actually going to be a really respectful, helpful part of your relationship and not you being whiny or bitchy or needy. Uh, I love that. That's such great advice. Thank you for that, by the way. Yeah. All right. So every episode we draw a mom card of the week. And I sometimes I do it in the beginning. My gut told me to do it at the end. And Ooh, I drew hey. I drew from the Be Happy pile from Compendium. So I open this. They're so cute. They're just these tiny little squares. And you open it up. Kind of like an advent calendar, I say. Oh, All right. Nice. So this author is unknown. And the quote is, and Chelsea, I just you know, would love for you to just instantly in your head, whatever comes to mind, short, long, doesn't matter um, about this topic, not about this topic, what this statement means to you. Never postpone joy. Okay. Yeah. So when you take care of being your best self, of being your fulfilled self, then you get to share that self with other people, which is like a domino effect. That's a great effect. So I think often moms are so busy pouring into everyone else that they leave themselves depleted. And you're honestly not gifting anybody with a depleted version of yourself. So show up, figure out what it takes to be the joyful, fulfilled version of yourself and offer that to your family. Ah, Love that. Oh my gosh. And I love it. I can, I love that. I can definitely feel you always speak from your heart and you're so genuine, like moms out there, it would be such a blessing for them to work with you. And you just make people feel so comfortable. Obviously your following is so strong. I read people's comments on anything that you post and just the reactions people have. You have a true gift, Chelsea. And I just, I, I want to share that with you. So how, if a mom's out there and she's like, I want to get in touch with Chelsea. What does she do? What does she offer? Where can I find her? What is she doing now? What's up coming in the tunnel? Why don't you yes. let everyone know all of that stuff, how they can get to you? Yeah, well, you can find my website at the WTFTrimester.com. So it's just www.thewtftrimester.com. Also on Instagram at the WTF Trimester. Um, and a couple other places, you know, for Mamas Who Love podcasts. Again, I just dropped my new podcast, Better Relationship After Baby. So you can find that and just really check in with me there. Um, I also have, you know, just like Michelle does, I have show notes on each of those. And another place that I connect specifically with new mamas is on the peanut app. So if you're not on peanut, it's a really great way to connect with other moms. They kind of, um, it's kind of like Tinder, like you can swipe a certain way to wave at a mom in your area. So they do it based on your location, but they also have audio podcasts. So anyone can start one, but they also team up with experts. And I'm uh, fortunate to be one of their experts. And I host a weekly or a bi-weekly pod on there where I give a little teaching. And then we just talk. Like we have a group of moms that talk about the topic. So that's a really fun way to, it's probably the most interactive way uh, to come hang out with me. I will definitely be joining that. And to it's see, so I, would I would love, love, love to hear you speak and get, you know, and interact with 
with other moms, the more the, the merrier and the more we build this community and yeah. know that we're not alone. Um, I think our feelings, you know, there's no magic pill. Everyone has their own journey, but I think a common thing is just having support around you. It doesn't have to be your partner and that's okay. It doesn't have to be your yeah. mom. It doesn't even have to be your best friend. Sometimes we find women online or yes. in an app. Um, and there's amazing resources out there where we're not, we just, we know we're not alone. We're not. Totally. Totally. Uh, well, thank you. Thank you, Chelsea, for today, for your time. We look forward to your podcast and listening to all your words of wisdom. Um, moms out there, reach out to Chelsea, connect with her, get to know her. She is such a valuable resource that'll just make you feel oh so good about your motherhood journey and your relationship journey with your partner or your spouse. So Chelsea, thank you. Yes. Thank you. Thank you, Michelle. It was so fun. It was, it was fun. And we will continue. Uh, moms, I look forward to uh, our next episode together next week. Until then, take one small step towards your honest motherhood. So good. Thank you so much for listening to the Honest Mom Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a review or comment so I can give you the content you deserve. To learn more, including what I offer to moms, check out michellemansfieldauthor.com. Most importantly, if you know a mom that needs to hear the words you heard today, please share the love and let's create a community of moms being honest for all of us.